Tonight's lesson is called The Armor of the Believer. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 17. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When we look at a soldier, we read the scriptures, we think about the armor that God has told us about. And it reminds us that Christians are in a in reality in a spiritual battle armor describes the protection that is available to us each piece of armor has a distinct purpose and means of defense against temptation and evil scripture reminds us that we fight not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers of the air Paul is using the message of the armor to remind us that our struggles are less of a physical nature and more of a spiritual one. Paul describes each piece and the use of each in the battles we face. He tells us to put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. Paul is also telling us in here that the devil is shrewd. We need to be able to stand against him. The devil is against you, and he is going to try to stir up challenges in your life to try to cause you to shrink back. But God has provided us the weapons of warfare against the enemy. He wants us afraid, and that's why God says, I have the armor, all you have to do is put it on. So let's take a look. There are six different coverings. The first one is the belt of truth. First, let's look at the soldier's belt of ancient time. A soldier's belt was the foundational piece of equipment. It was worn at the bottom of the breastplate, was made of connected bronze plates and leather with a buckle. You'll see the buckle kind of in the back. It's kind of like what we use today. I didn't realize they had a buckle. The belt enabled the soldier to carry all their needed equipment into battle. He held his sword was on the right side, it supported him, and it was bound the rest of his armor together. A leather apron was hung from the belt to protect the soldier's abdomen and groin. No soldier would ever willingly go into battle without this piece of armor. He had a sword and a dagger, and some of them had other things on there as well. Ephesians 6.14 Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Different translation. NIV says, belt of truth buckled about your waist. 
in New King James Version says, having girded your waist with truth. Now today, we don't hear somebody use the word loins very often unless they're talking about a loin of pork maybe, but you don't hear that. What we use is more common, we might say the groin area or if we're real shy, our private area. So the loin also included the lower back. I did not know that. In ancient times, you know, you notice men wore long robes and stuff. Well, if they were working or going into battle, they'd have to grab that robe and pull it up and tuck it around them. That was girding their loins. So Jesus knew that our loins were going to be needed to be wrapped in truth. We are sexual human beings. God created us that way. But if we're not living close to Jesus, then the devil will try to use sex as a means to draw us into a life that focuses on our own desires instead of being focused on Christ. The enemy wants us to focus on our identity. Are we beautiful or handsome? Am I tall enough? Am I short enough? Am I thin or overweight? Is my hair too short or too curly or maybe it's spinning on top? It seems many today have an identity crisis as to who they are or what they are. But this is not what God had planned for our lives. He created us in his image. He created us to be like him. So he gave us the belt of truth. Truth, by definition, means something is true and other things are lies. Simple. The belt of truth protects us from the lies of Satan. Now, Satan, we all know that he is the father of lies. And I read this, and I, I knew he was the father of lies, but deeper, he is, it means he is the origin of the lie. It's not our lie. He creates it in us. And then we choose whether to be truthful or be a liar. Ephesians 4.25 tells us to put away lying and speak truth to every man. Just as the belt is worn closely to the body, we should hold God's truth close to us and allow it to surround us. Now, I was thinking about the belt. Philip was a policeman for 20 years, and I watched him get ready to go to work. He put on that uniform. He had his name tag. He had his badge on the, on the uniform itself. But it wasn't complete until he put on that belt. That was what drew the whole uniform together because it had his gun, it had his, his nightstick, it had his handcuffs and anything else he might need. So the belt pulls everything together. How do we let the truth surround us? We do that by staying in the word. We gotta read it, we've got to study it, and then we can distinguish between truth and untruth. If you're not in the Word, if you're not reading it, if you're not studying it, you can slip up. That's why God created the belt of truth. The rest of the armor of God is attached to the belt of truth. You see how the breastplate comes down and it's kind of connected there? Now, you don't think about the shoes being connected or the helmet being connected, but it all comes together after you, after you study all of these different pieces of armor. Uh, since it is the central part of the armor, it should remind us that Jesus is the foundation for spiritual battle. 
Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. You must begin with truth in order to defeat the enemy. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. In John 14, 6, Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And John 8, 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We've all heard that. But we've said that, and it's the word of God. And therefore we need to carry the belt of truth. There are two vital characteristics for the Christian life. The first one is integrity and honesty. Now, integrity means having strong moral values. It is a person with integrity. They do the right thing even behind closed doors. I thought that was a good definition. So there are five attributes for integrity. Dependability, loyalty, honesty, good judgment, and respect. So those are all uh, attributes of integrity. If you have a lot, if you live a life with evidence of these two characteristics, then others will depend on you. But mostly, they will see God in you. So that's that's the belt of truth. So now we're going to look at the breastplate of righteousness. There it is. There were so many to choose from, I didn't know which ones to pick. But I chose those, this one because it's made of bronze. Righteousness is very important. You know, I, I know, everybody knows righteousness. But sometimes my mind just wants to go blank. I think, what does righteousness really mean? It appears four, 540 times in 520 verses of scripture. Righteousness just means right standing with God, free from guilt or sin. Very simple, right standing with God, and you're free from guilt or sin. So righteousness is the condition of being in right relationship with the Lord. We are not righteous by what we do, Righteousness is a gift from the Lord to those who accept what Jesus has done for them by faith. Or in the New Testament, the Pharisees believed that their actions determined their righteousness. Matthew 5.20 says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. So the Pharisees' righteousness was actions, what they did. Our righteousness is Jesus. Our heart is right with him. So it is a heart issue. This is why the breastplate covers the heart. Now looking at the soldier, we see the breastplate was a protective second skin designed to protect the torso of the soldier. Breastplates were made out of bronze, even though it was not the strongest material. It was lightweight. Soldiers had to balance protection with ease of movement. They're in the battle. You know, you don't want anything. You see all those fighters that look like they've got covered from head to toe with all this metal. I think of them sight fighting dragons. 
Not, not in a war. <laughs> so in a war, in a battle, they had to have something where they could move about pretty easily. The breastplate protected the heart and the other vital organs in the body. It was very essential for their survival. See, we cannot rely on righteousness or good works for God's protection. Our righteousness is worthless in a battle. The breastplate is the righteousness of God that covers and protects us. We need to get our eyes off of ourselves and onto the cross and Jesus' righteousness. He's the one who will protect our heart. We can't do it in ourselves. Soldiers did it with those, but we don't have the physical. We only have Christ. The next one is the shoes of the gospel of peace. Now, a very important part of the soldier's uniform are his shoes. Can you imagine going into battle and having to worry about everything that wherever you step and what you stepped on? I know I don't want to go outside barefooted anymore. I don't like walking on rocks. I'm afraid I'll step on a bee or a pistol. So you're, you're constantly walking if you go outside like that. They didn't have the time to do that. Shoes would protect their feet from injury and give the soldier better traction when fighting. Without his shoes, a soldier would not be prepared to fight and could be easily defeated. Shoes worn by Roman soldiers were usually the sandal type. It's what it looks like, the, like some of the shoes we might wear, maybe. They had thick leather soles studded with small nails. You see the nails in the bottom? I thought that was weird. But they're studded so that uh, they would provide stability in hand-to-hand combat. I guess they, they wouldn't slip with the nails on there. The sandals came up above the ankle and were secured to the foot with leather straps. Now, peace is an attribute of the Lord's very person and character. In Greek, peace means oneness or wholeness. Peace is the presence of calm in the midst of chaos. This is the type of peace that God is offering. Satan wants to create a lack of peace in our lives. He wants to knock us off our feet. But our goal is to stand firm, just like the soldiers. If we live a life of worry and we're filled with anxiety, then we will be robbed of the peace that keeps our feet anchored and standing firm. Our preparation for battle is the gospel, the good news. The shoes of peace are a solid foundation of trust in God. It is our job as believers to spread the good news, the gospel of peace, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Romans 10, 14, and 15, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. So that is our job, to spread the good news. So put on your sandals and get to walking and spread the good news. The next uh, piece of armor is the shield of faith. Now, soldiers used two types of shields. Small round ones, and then they had the large rectangular the larger shields were about four feet tall and two feet wide. It was made of layers of laminated wood covered by linen and leather. 
A brass or bronze rim covered the edge as protection against sword attacks. The soldier's reliance on the shield was necessary for his protection, just as we cannot rely on our own abilities to fight the battle. We need to trust in Jesus to be our shield of protection. The shield of faith is the key to all spiritual armor. Faith shields us from the darts of Satan. And he is always throwing them at us every day. There are five characteristics of the shield of faith. First line of defense. The enemy will attack with lies, temptation, discouragement. So in faith, we call out to the Lord for his help, and he will be there. And with each attack, we will become stronger. He is our first line of defense. The next one, guards. A shield guards. Hebrews 4 tells us that Jesus was tempted as we have been. Hold your faith up. Approach God with boldness, for he is faithful to help us in our time of the next defense is deflects. A shield deflects. Faith in God and his promises causes Satan's arrows to bounce off, not to penetrate our mind or soul. So just imagine, here's your mind, here's Satan. He's throwing those darts at your head. That's where he's working up here. He's trying to get you to be defeated the next one is a shield can incapacitate the enemy or put a stop to the enemy. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, his faith in God and his word caused the devil to leave after Jesus spoke the word to him. Have you ever spoken the word to Satan in the name of Jesus or the word says, sure we have. We have to. We have to come against this. Jesus taught us that. When he had come out of the wilderness and was standing uh, there and the devil came to him and said, uh, throw yourself off here and, and your angels will lift you up. And he brought the word against Satan at that time. And we have to learn to do that too. It's, it's not always easy. Because I think sometimes we get so fretful or getting so much anxiety that we, 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 we're not able to. We, we need somebody else to help us at that time. That's why we should call somebody. You know, and are we afraid to call somebody? Sometimes I think we are. You know, you don't want people thinking you're a terrible Christian. <laughs> you know, we need each other. And so use your friends to help you fight. Uh, the next one is there is strength in numbers. There are strength in numbers. Shields were primarily used for individual protection, just like that small one. They could use it this way. They could even use the big one for protection. But the big ones, you see how they're lined up together? They could stand and form a large wall of protection. These soldiers would stand side by side. I'm sure you've seen it in the movies, how they're all standing side by side, and they're marching toward the, the fort to, to try to uh, overtake them. And the fort, out of the fort comes fiery arrows and all these different things coming at them. Well, they would use that to keep moving forward because it would protect more people 
the more, more you had a shield, the better it was. Our faith is strengthened when we pray together, when we encourage each other, when we worship together. It says where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in your midst. So we can form our own shield together if we will bind together. We have to pray together. That's why corporate worship is so important, to come into the service, to come in here, to worship God together, to pray together. Somebody has a need. We go forward. We pray for those because they need us. And Jesus is here to help us help them. The next one is the helmet of salvation. Now the helmet, the helmet is the main source of protection for the soldier's head. The head is a priority, prioritized target when you're going into battle. They can get the head, you're gone. It was the helmet was made of bronze sometimes iron and leather, to protect the sides of the face. Pieces were hinged on each side and secured with leather straps under the chin. There was a shelf on the back of the helmet to protect the neck and shoulders. The helmet of salvation protects the Christian from the attack of Satan against our minds. The mind is where he likes to attack the most because the mind is where our thoughts form, whether they're good or bad. If Satan can get you to focus on things that make you doubt who you are in Christ, then he is keeping you from a life of true worship and service to Jesus. The helmet of salvation protects the believer's mind from Satan's attacks. As the helmet is essential form of protection for soldiers, Jesus is our source of deliverance and protection. Jesus is our source, our guide, our way to salvation. We cannot save ourselves. And I think the biggest thing about the helmet, it really is the mind. We've studied this before. We've talked about it before, how the enemy wants to get into your head. He wants you to be afraid. He wants you to compare yourself. He wants you to uh, feel like, you're unimportant in this world or to the church or anything. That is a lie. We are all important in God's eyes. We all have a work to do. If nothing else, put on the shoes and go spread the gospel. Pray for somebody, but protect your mind. Put on the helmet of salvation. The last one is the sword of the spirit. The Roman sword, also called a gladius, was a soldier's precision-oriented offensive weapon designed for close combat. The Roman soldier carried a small dagger and a large double-edged sword. The sword was always carried on the right side of the belt. The sword was about 24 inches long and 2 inches wide with parallel sides. The sword was pointed and in hand-to-hand -hand combat made striking the enemy easier with the piercing point of the blade. It was a deadly weapon. The sword represents the word of God. The word of God is a powerful weapon against our enemy when it's used under the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Psalms 119.105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God is our instruction manual. We all know that. That's why teaching this is like, everybody sitting here already knows all this. But it's good sometimes to go back over the different uh, armor that we have. If we do not know the word of God, then how can we stand on his promises? We can fall under the weight of the enemy's attack if we don't know the word of God. It's an ultimate tool for learning how to follow in the footsteps of the Father. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Man, these are deep, really. I want you to notice that of all the armor, Paul only signifies one weapon that is used for offense. The helmet, the belt, the breastplate, the shield, and the shoes are all defense. They're used for protection. But the sword is used to fight. We only need one weapon to fight the enemy because there is no weapon that the word of God cannot defeat. So when you have the sword of the spirit and you have that word, then you can fight that battle because Jesus is there. There are four ways to keep your sword sharpened. Know the word. And I don't know about you all, but the older I get, the harder it is to memorize stuff. Not just me, huh? It is harder. So I, uh, there's got to be a way we can do this in little snippets, you know, maybe learn a part of the verse or something. Uh, I had a devotional this week that it said, and, and I knew this, we've done it before, but it said, put post notes in your bathroom. Put them everywhere with the word on it. That way, every time you go somewhere, you look up, there's the word. Put it inside your refrigerator if you like that the most. Put it on the outside. Put it over top of your stove while you're cooking. Anywhere that we can see and read the word and get it into our spirits. The second one is you've got to use the word. Just as Jesus used the word against the enemy, we need to learn to use the word of God against the enemy for each other as well. Thirdly, pray for better understanding. Man, I have been doing that. I've been praying, Lord, you know, I can pray, but teach me to pray better. I want to learn how to pray better. Uh, so give me better understanding on how to pray. So pray for better understanding. And the last one is be filled with the Spirit. Because we fight with spiritual weapons, Every Christian is potentially a powerful soldier against spiritual opposition against against spiritual opposition against the devil. The armor of God has divine power to demolish strongholds. I want to encourage you to put on the armor of God, the belt of truth. Wrap it around your waist, secure it tight. Because it is what will sustain you. The uh, breastplate of righteousness. The shoes of the gospel of peace. The shield of faith. The helmet of salvation. 
and the sword of the Spirit. Wouldn't it be funny if we all came in here Sunday with um, some one different piece on? <laughs> that would be so funny. I'd like to see that. We're going to go through the questions. We'll go through the questions, the armor of God. The first one, struggles are less of a physical nature and more of a spiritual one. The second one is the belt of truth. Number three, the belt of truth protects us from the lies of Satan. Number four, there are two vital characteristics for Christian life. Integrity and honesty. Number five is the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness means right standing with God, also free from guilt or sin. The next armor was shoes of the gospel of peace. Number eight, peace is the presence of calm and the midst of in the midst of chaos. Number nine is the shield of faith. All right, there are five characteristics of the shield of faith, and they are first line of defense. So it's the first thing those enemies going to see right here in front. The shield guards. The shield deflects. So those those darts are going to bounce right off. That's what that means. They're going to bounce right off. A shield can incapacitate the enemy or stop the enemy. I'll be easier that way. The shield will stop the enemy. And the last one was strength in numbers. Man, I like that one. Because I need everybody I can get. Number 11 is helmet of salvation. Number 12, the helmet of salvation protects the believer's mind from Satan's attacks. And the third, number 13, the sword of the spirit. Number 14, four ways to keep your sword sharpened. Know the word. Use the word. Pray for better understanding and be filled with the Spirit.